0: As we continue this series on the environment and our responsibility vis-a-vis God's creation that Rabbi Nina Beth Cardin kicked off for us so eloquently last week, we turn back to the lectionary reading from the prophet Jeremiah. Um, anyone who's in the Bible study knows that I make everyone memorize a particular year of Old Testament studies, what is it? 587 BCE, thank you, Um, one of the most important dates in the history of Israel when the temple is sacked and the uh, king, the monarchy, and the smiths and those who are part of the establishment are carried away into exile for Babylon, initiating a theological crisis in the life of of the people of God. Listen now for a word from God to the church this day. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat what they produce. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for your harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Please pray with me. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jeremiah carries perhaps the most unpopular message of any prophet in the Bible. Israel, your present painful situation is the result of your own sin and it is not going to get better anytime soon. Seventy years is what it is going to take to get you home. By then it won't feel like home anymore. So the best that you can do is dig in where you are, bloom where you have been transplanted, and settle in for a long exile. That is a very unpopular message to a people who have just had their treasure temple destroyed and with it, their deepest national theological and personal convictions. The situation itself was painful enough. The injustices inside the nation, the departures from neighborly norms were too much for God to tolerate. There were limits to God's fidelity, at least in the blank check way, that some had understood it. And God enacted those limits in a painful way through the instruments of the hated empire to the north Babylon. The temple lay in ruins, the monarchy was exiled, a situation unthinkable, unfathomable. God's fidelity was more conditional than we had thought. The situation was painful enough, and now Jeremiah was adding to that pain by saying that the only way forward was to seek the shalom, translated here as the welfare, the well-being, the wholeness of the very city-state that had destroyed the foundations of what they had cherished. To some, Jeremiah's message must have sounded as treasonous as it was painful. Seek the welfare, the shalom of the city you rightly hate, because... There is where you will find your own shalom. We don't have to actually imagine that this message was highly unpopular. We know it from Jeremiah's own experience battling false prophets and kings who tried to put a positive spin on present circumstances rather than accepting them. In the previous chapter, a more popular prophet, Hananiah, was proclaiming a more prosperity-oriented gospel. Within two years, Hananiah said, the Lord will bring back all the exiles from Babylon along with the government and everything that was taken from the temple. God will break the Babylonian empire just as God has done in the past. The new Pharaoh won't last long. Prepare for imminent deliverance. God is about to make Israel great again. And let's be honest, that is the message that plays better with a lot of us. Suffer through a couple more years and then everything will go back to the way it was before. It's the message that any reasonable person would choose if it was up to us. It's the message that people of faith often choose and not for bad reasons. Elsewhere, we are told that weeping lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Elsewhere, we are told that there is a time for everything and your current predicament is just a fleeting moment in time. We tell a version of that right here in worship every week. If you confess your sins, God who is faithful and just will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We are forgiven. We are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Jeremiah says, nope. You're going to be here for a while. Get comfortable in your discomfort." get situated in a land you didn't choose. Some kinds of pain have to deepen before they begin to alleviate. We prefer Hananiah's prophecy to that of Jeremiah. This won't last long. It's not all that bad. Don't listen to the people who tell you that it's worse than what you first thought. We prefer Hananiah's prophecy, I think, because we live in a culture that has a very low tolerance for pain. We like our drugs, over $100 billion spent each year on the illicit ones. We like our TV preachers pushing the prosperity gospel that God rewards you here and now in a quid pro quo kind of way. You do for God, God will do for you. And if we are honest, sometimes we treat church this way. We long for this place to help us escape what's going on in the world, a sanctuary from all the pain. I've heard people talk about going to church to quote, get my weekly fix so I can get through the week. If that's what church is about, that makes me just another drug pusher pushing spiritual heroin instead of the powdered stuff. Jeremiah is living through a time when this very human desire to avoid pain is partly what led the nation to where it is. The desire to make my own comfort and enjoyment the focus at the expense of others' comfort and security always comes with some kind of a cost for somebody else. For Israel, it came with the cost to the poor, the oppressed, and the social contract itself. And the temple establishment, according to Jeremiah, some in the religious leadership conspired to keep Israel from avoiding this truth. We prefer Hananiah. To Jeremiah. We prefer the two-year exile plan to the one that lasts for 70. We prefer people who tell us that we can have more for less, that less immediate pain is always better for us. It is the prophecy that our nation has chosen too often in recent years about a whole host of issues inclusive of, but not limited to, the environmental ones. The earth can't really be warming all that much. The predictions are overblown or uncertain. We really don't have to stop our addiction to fossil fuels. Technology will solve all of our problems for us. No sacrifices will be required. Or how about this one? Racism has really been overcome as soon as we elected a black president. Our work is over and done. No reparative work is required from us. No more affirmative action. No more voting rights concerns. We're done. We're all equal now. Or how about this one? Social security isn't in trouble. And neither is the church for that matter. We can just keep spending or keep behaving or keep acting like we've always acted in the past. And I can almost guarantee you that as the Kerwin Commission on Improving Education in the state of Maryland comes out with its financial models, few politicians will be eager to deliver the news to the citizenry that if you want to make change, we're going to have to all pay for it together. The irony, of course, is that this fear of pain in the short term is what compounds pain over the long term. The more we shrink from facing what is actually happening in our world, actually happening in our community, or actually happening in our lives, because we are afraid of what it might cost us, the more it actually costs us in the long run. That's what's happened in this climate fight. The more we ignore the perils to our world, protecting ourselves from short-term pain, the more we magnify the pain that will be required the next year and the year after and the year after that. But here's the good news. The good news is that Jeremiah's message is the most honest one that leads to life. Dig into the painful place where our ancestors dropped us or where most of us had a hand in constructing That painful place that can't be fixed with saviors or scapegoats but can only be addressed by a community willing to face the challenges of our contemporary situation without fear of what it will require from us together. It's like what Rabbi Edwin Friedman said in his book on leadership in the age of the quick fix. There is no way out of a chronically painful condition, except by being willing to go through a temporarily more acutely painful phase. If you wanna change your community, the global environmental crisis, or just your own life, sometimes things have to get harder before they get easier. When it comes to healing the planet, we have a great deal more capacity for sharing in the sacrifice, for sharing in the societal changes that are necessary, sharing in the approaches to the climate crisis than maybe many of us have thought, certainly more than what I thought. We have clear solutions, strategies, and plans that the world could cooperate on together, not only to stop the warming of the planet, but begin to reverse some of its effects, but only if we face the truth of our situation instead of denying it. Paul Hawken, author of Drawdown, the most comprehensive plan ever proposed to reverse global warming, has created a team that has modeled and ranked 80 solutions that could reverse global warming. And when they modeled the data using a plausible scenario, meaning a fairly conservative, reasonable but optimistic scenario, society actually makes significant strides toward drawdown, which is the point where greenhouse gas levels in the atmosphere begin to decline. And if we were to go just a bit beyond the conservative scenario, we could actually hit the drawdown point by 2050. As hard as it is, to hear Jeremiah's prophecy, let go of the blame game of how you got to where you are, dig in and work for the benefit of everybody today. Forget those who tell you peace, peace, when there is no peace, accept the realities of the divisions and injustice and oppression in your midst. Forget the message that pain is to be avoided at all costs, that faith is the opiate of the people. Accept your exilic moment, as hard as it is to hear that message. It is the honest one for anyone who trusts in the God who loves Israel enough to see the long view of their redemption. After 70 years, God says through Jeremiah, I will let you find me and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Which means that the role of any honest profit, like the role of any good leader, political, religious, or otherwise, is not to attempt to alleviate people's pain, but it is to help them increase their capacity for enduring it. It is not to pretend that we can live in the world as it should be, but to accept our current reality so that... We can participate with God and each other to transform and be transformed by it. Jean Venier died this past May. He was the founder of the Larch community, established in the 1960s with the core conviction that people with developmental disabilities are teachers rather than burdens to their families. Vanier was a big believer in the core of the Christian message that it is our weaknesses that can teach us the most about our strengths and not in some romanticized way. It is in facing the realities of our own situations of weakness rather than running from them or wishing them away or blaming others for them. In 2007, he told interviewer Krista Tippett, you see, the big thing for me is to love reality and not to live in the imagination, not to live in what could have been or should have been or even what can be, but to love reality and then discover that God is present. Perhaps that is as unwelcome a message as when Jeremiah first delivered it. The thing is, it turned out to be true.